we thank you so much for this time to gather together in this service among other believers as you strengthen us and encourage us, Lord, as we worship you. Thank you so much for your word that is powerful and active, that changes our lives and transforms us. Lord, we have a lot of problems in this life, and you, you use your word and your Holy Spirit to help us in those problems and to give us comfort. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, and so we just pray that you would guide my words and do your will in everyone's life uh, as we enter into your word and into this time. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, what the Lord laid on my heart, I was even talking to my wife this morning, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I should preach this, or I was just, maybe I'll share about prayer, or maybe do this, and she encouraged me to go forward with the one I had been planning. Uh, I think it can touch all of us here. Uh, the topic is basically that we have a lot of problems in this life. We have a lot of trials. We have a lot of tribulations. We go through hard times. I don't think anyone here has never gone through a hard time in their life. <laughs> God tells us that all of us will go through hard times. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But the question is, what do we do? We can do things knowing that we're going to have hard times, and we can do things when we're right in the middle of a hard time. And so what do we do? What do the scriptures encourage us to do? One of the things is God was saying often to the Israelites, bring to remembrance the things that I have done. One of the things that God did, or I should say four of the times that he did it, was when he parted the waters. So the first time he parted the waters was with Moses and the Israelites. Does anyone know the second time? Joshua. And what about the third and the fourth? Aha. Uh -huh. Wow, I didn't realize there was four times. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, so it was Elijah and Elisha or Elijah? Yeah, those two. And he parted the river, and they went over to the other side, and Elijah was taken up in the chariots of fire. And then, so he was gone. Now it was just Elisha. And, and so he parted the waters again for him to walk through. And so what an amazing miracle that God did. And we're supposed to remember those things that we read in the scriptures that God did for his people. Now the second time that God parted the waters with Joshua, he did something interesting. He said, grab 12 stones from the middle of where this water used to be, have the priests put them on their back and carry them and put them in a pile so that when your children ask about these stones, you can tell them what I did for you. So these were big stones. That's what came to my mind. It wasn't like, oh, let me get this pebble, but put it on their back and and it must have been quite a good-sized pile of stones, but he was wanting them to remember what the Lord had done for them. And so, in our hard times, one of the things we do is we remember what God has done for his people 
throughout the scriptures. And that's meant to encourage us, if God can do this, if God can part waters, then he can help me in my trial and walk with me through it. So that's just one of the things that the scriptures encourage us to do. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Just to be sure, none of us are thinking, well, maybe I won't have any troubles or, or problems in this life. Maybe I, beca- maybe I became a Christian so I wouldn't have any problems, but that's not what the scriptures tell us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And it says, Beloved, think it not, a, not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. And so he's encouraging the believers, don't be surprised when the trials come. And not just a trial, but a fiery trial. It's like, oh man, I don't want that one. Give me a small one, but not a fiery trial. But that's a reality for us believers that we're going to have even fiery trials. Uh, Let's go to John chapter 16, verse 33. And so that was an apostle of Jesus, but what did Jesus himself say about us as Christians having trials? John chapter 16, John chapter 16, verse 33. Okay. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he wasn't saying, you might have trials in this world. You will have trials in this world, but in Christ we have peace. That's the promise that we have, that no matter what trial we're in, if it's a small one like traveling from Iowa to Alaska or a big fiery one, that we can have peace in Christ through the trial. And so the scriptures tell us that as we continue to grow in our faith, a goal is that no matter what's going on around us, we can say that we're okay in Christ. That because I have Jesus, I'm okay. Because I know I'm saved, I'm okay. Even if I die, I have victory because I'll go to heaven and be with him forever. I'm not there yet to just be in any situation or any trial and just be okay. Usually a trial comes and I'm like, oh, what's happening? This wasn't my plan. Oh, no, this is going to change and we're going to have a lot of problems. And how can, oh, Lord. And then usually... In time, he calms me down and brings me to a humble position. But that's how we respond to these trials. But Jesus promises us that we will have these trials. Let's go to Psalm 116. I love the Psalms. Psalms 116. 
It was my grandmother's favorite book. I don't know if she read. I'm wondering if she read much of the rest of the Bible. She just loved the Psalms so much. I think she did, but uh, it's beautiful. It gives us insight into the believers that walked before us, and they're just pouring out their hearts to God through their trial. A lot of times they didn't hold back. They were sometimes near to death, crying out to God, where are you in my life? Why would you let this happen? And we get to see God walk them through that through one of the Psalms. I encourage us even every day to read one Psalm. Usually when I wake up in the morning, my heart position is bad. Usually I'm anxious or I get annoyed easily or I'm stressed out. What I need is to get with Jesus so he can put my heart in the right position so that I can do whatever he's calling me to do in that day. And a powerful way to do that is reading through one of the Psalms. So be Psalm 116, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. And it says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then, got, then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. And so... We see this in this psalm that the author of this psalm, we don't know who it is. Maybe it was David, maybe not. They're not sure. But what we see is he's proclaiming his love for the Lord. He's remembering times in his own life that God had answered his prayers and heard his voice. He's thanking God for those times that he had answered his prayers that he had delivered him in the past, that God did it then and God can do it now. And so in our lives, we have many things that God has done for us. I hope we have many times that God has answered our prayers. Is that true? Has God done many things in your life? I w we were sitting at a, a meeting and it was... Uh, uh, one of the churches had a prayer group, and so we're sitting, and we just share prayer requests, and they pray for us, and one of the old men came up to me, and he was like, ne he kind of whispered in my ear, never let your kids forget what the Lord is doing for you, and I just like, it took me a while, like, what did he just say to me? I'm trying to understand, and it touched me so much. God is doing so much in all of our lives, and we should never forget it. And we should never let our children forget what he's done for us. I think of, Julie, I think of your illness that you had and how far God has brought you in that, that how God is providing healing. I know you're still uh, recovering a bit, but that we never let our kids forget all the things that the Lord has done for us. So how do we do that? Well, we can be talking about God and what he's done in our lives all the time. It's a part of praising God to keep it on our minds. Otherwise, when a trial comes and we start panicking, we forget those things. 
That's in our nature to forget those things. So a way to do that is that we're always remembering those things that God has done for us. And I'm not perfect at that. And we have to work at it. We have to try. We have to talk about it. Maybe you take time every week to remember all the things that God has done in your life. Maybe you do journaling and you write down all the things that you can remember that God has done in your life. Maybe you're not walking through a trial right now, but as the scriptures said, we're going to have them. So I promise you there's one coming at some point. I don't know if it's fiery or not, but you'll have one coming. And so a goal is to be in the best position for when that comes. One of the things it reminds me of is like a storm, a big storm. Is there something in the middle of that storm? What is that thing? The eye of the storm. So what happens in that eye of the storm? It's calm. So it makes me think of, well, this world is all around us and these problems and trials are all around us, but we have an eye in the middle of our storm and the eye is Jesus, right? And so when the trial comes, if we can be prepared as possible, always remembering what God has done in our lives, that way, if the storm's here and the trial comes, maybe I get knocked a little bit and start thinking the wrong way and forgetting what God has done for me, but maybe I can get back to that center much easier. And so we need to remember those things that God has done in our lives. And in verse 2, the author says, Therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live. So he's remembering what God has done in his life, but he's making this stand in his life. I am going to call on God as long as I live, no matter what happens. Sometimes we can think of the worst thing that can happen. Maybe it's the death of a child. Maybe it's the death of your spouse. Maybe it's some severe illness that never goes away. What if the worst thing happens in your life? Are you going to walk away from Jesus? Or are you going to take a stand? No matter what happens, I am with Jesus and I'm going to be with him forever. And you take that stand and you tell yourself that and you tell God that so that when the trial comes, don't leave room for you to run away from Jesus. I'm going to be with God forever. He has done miracles in my life. He's given me salvation. He's helped me. He's answered my prayers. He's done everything for me. So for me, as long as I live, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. If we continue on in the psalm, in verses 5 through 7, Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yeah, our God is merciful. The Lord Preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. So after we remember all the things that God has done in the scriptures, and we remember all the things that God has done in our lives, we are in a place of worshiping God. That's the eye of the storm, bringing ourselves to a place of calm 
and praise and worship and thankfulness to God. And we see that's what this author of this psalm did. Gracious is the Lord. Righteous is the Lord. Merciful is the Lord. It seems like he's still in the middle of his trial. And he brought himself to a place of worshiping God in the trial. If we're worshiping God, our, we're worrying less about whatever's going on. We have less anxiety. We're not just all focused on ourselves and our problems, but our focus goes to God. In that eye of the storm, that we would bring ourselves to a place, even in the trial, sometimes it's the hardest thing to worship God. Maybe we don't have even a little bit of thankfulness in our heart. And it takes work. It takes God working in our heart. It takes, no, I know this is what I have to do. I am going to pray. I am going to seek Him. I am going to worship Him, even if the worst thing happens. And in verse 6, it says, The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and He helped me. In the eye of the storm, He's getting us to a, a humble position, a humble heart. Because when the storm comes, what we want is control. I want to be in control. This is not what's going to happen to me. And if it does happen, I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to be in control. But that's not a humble heart, right? And so what God wants is to bring us to that position of a humble heart as we cry out to Him for help. God's got to do it all. We can't be in control. I don't know how many mistakes you've made in your life. I've made a lot. If I'm in control, I'm in big trouble. I'll make more mistakes. But if God's in control, that's the best place to be. And so in the eye of the storm is getting that humble heart as we worship God. And it brings us back to the scripture in John 16, 33, that in this world we will, we will, we will, we will have trouble. But in Christ, we may have peace. May have peace. It's interesting to me that wor those words, right? It's, it's like the guarantee is the trouble, but the word may means it's available, right? It doesn't mean it didn't say you will have peace, but there's something. We have to get to that position of a humble heart and worshiping, worshiping God in order to have that peace from Him. It's available to us. He wants to give us that peace. Sometimes in a trial, I go for days about worrying about this thing until finally, maybe a week later, I humble, have a humble heart, I'm worshiping Him, and He gives me His peace. And so it's a process that we go through, and we need to work this process out in our lives as we walk with Jesus. Verses 8 and 9. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. That's just verse 8. There's something special that we don't usually think about. We see our problems very easily. It's very clear in front of us what our problems are. Sometimes we see God deliver us from a problem. 
Have, we, have you ever been delivered from a problem that you had? Or sometimes he protects us from something and we know it. But how many things does God do for us? How many things does God protect us from that we have no clue about? Thousands and thousands of things could have happened to us, but they didn't. We're all here today, right? He's protecting us, and we need to remember that, that he is doing all these things, and we don't see them all, but as believers, he's doing the best for his children. He has our best interest in mind, even his plans in our trial. He plans it for good to draw us close to Jesus, to keep us close to him to pray more. I don't know about you. When I'm in a trial, I pray a whole lot more. (laughs) When things are going well, it can just be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for things going well. Be with me today. And you move on. But in a trial, even throughout the day, crying out to God. And that's a purpose that God has in that trial for us. We need these trials. And it's meant. And another thing that he's doing in this trial is Do we know the future? I don't know the future. I have some ideas. I don't know if they'll work, but he knows the future. So he uses these trials to prepare us for the future. He knows the things he has for us. He knows for whatever's coming next, we need to have a deeper faith. We need to know him more. We need to pray more. We need to trust him more. And so he's using these trials that we walk through to bring us closer to him and prepare us for the future. Verse 9, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Another thing we always have to remember, all these things, whether we're in a trial or not, but especially in a trial, is that God has provided us salvation, right? He has provided us the most important thing in our life. No matter what happens, I have Jesus. And to me, it seems like the psalmist is saying, it's like assurance of salvation. Like I, I will walk in the land of the living with God, and we have that too. And we need that every day, and we especially need to remember that in our trials, that even if the worst things happen, I'm saved. All of my sins are washed away. I stand before God, righteous in Christ. I, I am going to die and be with Jesus forever unless he returns early or earlier than I die. But we're going to be with Jesus, right? Hallelujah. So we need to remember that. Verse 10, I believed, therefore, have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? And we see in the Psalms that they speak very clearly what's on their heart. Don't be afraid to cry out to God. God, where are you? I don't even feel like you're with me right now. Why would you bring me through this? God, cry out to him. But the goal of that crying out is that you know you need to work through this with him. You're not crying out because you're going to walk away from him, but you're crying out because you know you need his help. You know you need him to change your heart. Cry out to him. He already knows all of your thoughts, all of your struggles. He already knows it, but there's something powerful, and that's even prayer, right? He wants us to say it to him. Cry out to God. And we see that. 
even as he says all men are liars, he's crying out to God, why would you put me in this situation? Everyone around me is a liar. But then again, in verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? And so how much has God benefited us in our lives? What has he done for us? He's done everything for us so that in these trials or preparing for a trial or just finishing a trial that we remember everything. God has done it all for us and that will give us comfort in all situations. Remember all the benefits. Can you imagine that God lives inside of you? His Holy Spirit lives inside of you? What an amazing gift. Can you imagine you have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Like he wants to talk with you one-on-one. I think, I don't like myself that much, but he loves me like that. It's amazing. What an amazing father we have. He's our dad, our father. Like he treats us. Maybe some of us have a bad father, have had a bad father. My father wasn't very good and he's still not. So maybe we struggle with the idea of having a father, but he's the perfect father. Even everything is perfect. Every trial, everything that he does in our lives is perfect for us. His love for us as our father. What the amazing benefits that he has done for us in our lives. Verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. And so, again, he's done all these things for us, but he's calling us to do our parts, right? To get ourselves into that humble place of trusting God. He's calling us to walk with him faithfully, to obey his commands and remain close with him. And so the psalmist here is making the decision. Well, right now life is pretty hard. I got a lot of trials, but you know what? I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to meet with other believers. I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing because he's worth it. And he's making that decision. I'm going to just keep doing what I know I need to do, even if this trial doesn't go away. And then we're going to finish out the rest of this psalm here. We're at 15 right now. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of of thine main servant, thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Again, he's taking the stand. No matter what, I'm going to serve Jesus. I am your servant. Even though this terrible thing, this trial, I am your servant. I'm going to serve you. 
He doesn't like to see us walking through hard times. It doesn't bring him joy that we're suffering. But he has his purposes in it. And we trust him that he's going to walk us through it. And so all of these things can help us in our trials as we walk with Jesus, remembering what he's done in the, throughout the scriptures, remembering a huge thing for us that we don't do enough, that I don't do enough, is remembering what God has done in my life. That will help us. It's like, wow, if you can part the Red Sea, I think you can get me to Alaska, right? <laughs> or if you can do this, God, I saw you do this. I remember then it looked like there was no way out, but I saw you make the way. There was no way that I could see, and I saw you make the way. So God, I'm going to trust you to make the way in this one too. This one looks bigger, or maybe it's not bigger, but it's the thing happening now, so it feels bigger. But I'm going to trust you, God, to walk me through this right now because of the things that you have done for me. God, the fact that I would even believe that Jesus, this Jesus, came on the earth and he was the son of God and that he died and he was raised from the dead, that I really believe that, that you really believe that is a big miracle. Most of the world is like, you are nuts. Who is this Jesus? And you're saying he's somehow the son of God and he died for me. Yeah, we believe it, right? God worked in our hearts, remembering this salvation that we have as a gift from God. Remembering all the benefits we have in him will help us as we walk through these storms. And we're not alone, right? We have each other. This is why a big part of the church is we need each other as we walk through these storms. We need the body of Christ to surround us and pray for us and help us. You are not alone. Don't try and do it on your own. It wasn't God's design. So one of the most one of the things I love the most about this faith, there's many, but one thing I really love is when we're at a position of peace in our hearts. When we have that peace, it's the best feeling in the world, and it's a gift for us believers that we have available in Christ. And so, again, in John 16, 33, we're going to have problems in this world, but in Christ we have peace, all right? In Christ we have peace. We have peace in Him. My daughter taught me this song this morning. I'm going to end on that, uh, and then we'll have Pastor pray. Uh, please, uh, I'm not the best singer. George, my daughter will tell me if I mix it up. It goes like this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Thank you.